This is episode 38 of Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy, brought to you by Everything Cowboy. Live from the Valley Ridge Golf Course, right? That's, That's where we golf are, man. Course. You're a member here. <laughs> I should know. You should know this. I thought there was a different name. You've been all bragging of a to me. Got... You've been bragging to me all week about how you have a. I'm a member a now. Locker and stuff. <laughs> it's episode 38, and there is snow on the ground. There's a lot of it. Two it, feet, damn near. There's no golfing today. <laughs> the golf course is a ghost town. That could be like a, a thing, though. Like you just got like a, a spring tournament if it's like a spring snow tournament we were talking about that though like yeah. you'd have to have like different color golf balls that's they, okay though they have yeah. like have you ever like uh, played glow in the dark golf mini golf only like I, I played a like in my hometown we had a glow golf night and you just put glow stick in the ball and they put like glow yeah. sticks around the holes and you play night golf it's pretty sounds, fun sounds pretty interesting it got pretty pretty wild sometimes it was not real greens like it was like the, the fake greens like with the cement Earth. under them hmm. yeah they were not there was not fun golf course huh. <laughs> Sounds like something that would happen in Saskatchewan. All the fun things happen in Saskatchewan. That's true. Well, episode 38, we're kind of rolling along with the podcast this year. It's been, uh, been a solid year, but we got we don't like to talk about kind of events as much as we can. We want to talk about the bigger idea of things, but the Calgary Stampede list of contestants came out just the other day. Mm-hmm. I like the list. You like the list? I, I, like, I, like, I like who's on there. It's for, the Canadian content is amazing this year. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know why it's... It stands out to me so much this year yeah. as compared to other years, but just for whatever reason it is. It's the most in, in the last, yeah. uh, as far as I've been counting, I don't know how far it would go back, but it's the most that I've ever seen for contestants at the Calgary Stampede. It's in, mm-hmm. Not ever, but like I would say since at least 2005, probably it's the most since they changed the format, I would guess. I don't, I don't know for sure, but I bet it's a pretty high number. And I would say even like talent-wise, it's one of the better rosters of Canadians that we've seen. Like like look at the people who went down to the NFR over the last few years and like how well our bull riders are doing. Like I think... That's true. We got to, we have seven bull riders in the draw this year, which yeah. is also I think a high. But another part of that too is that the PBR Canada standings, I think they might have taken two this year. There's been years where they're working on getting more of our Canadian PBR Canada guys into the stampede, but no. we don't ever really know how they get their contestants. <laughs> no. It's just kind of... Whatever formula they have though, it works. It yeah. always turns out to be a great like there's always Absolutely. some sort of drama like by Sunday well, even with with um, Marcos last year like yeah a guy who was virtually a nobody going into it comes in at, at that level uh, yeah, yeah yeah and then he gets those points from there and gets a chance to go to the PBR's highest level too which was a major life-changing major bump. life-changing yeah. man it's Definitely. crazy it's cool to see if there was a knock on the stampede format I kind of would be that ride of Marcus's last year no offense to him mm-hmm. but for the last ride to be won like the hundred thousand dollars we won with a 77 point score when the Bronc ridings are 92, like Bronx and Bears are 90 point rides. That would be the only flaw with the Stampede format. Even though he's the only guy to ride, mm-hmm. you're still going to get a bull sometimes that might not be the right bull. Or that's, that, that's the, the only flaw that, that I could see with the Stampede format, if, we, mm-hmm. if we're going to point one out. Otherwise, it creates drama. It creates those mm-hmm. matchups. It keeps his people in the in the same place for f- numerous days. Like More rodeos could learn from you, this you format. You build a storyline, right, throughout yeah, the exactly. week because you have the same guys there for an X amount of days, and then you bring the back to wild cards and you have the showdown, and you can still get those storylines throughout the week and it's pretty cool like you said before with marcos and how he was only 76 that's not the first time it's happened in history like you look at no. the year adriano one he was like 74 or 73 right and first year he was in north america fair. so i mean i think that falls more onto the contestants than the stampede format like those guys had bulls they could ride both rounds it's true it's true and then like a guy like joe frost should have rode heaven's basement yeah every that's, day. A, that's, what I'm, that's what i'm trying to say is like there's no it's kind of you, you can blame the format, but you can also put some blame on the contestants yeah. where it's like, 
step up if you want it step up to the plate and ride, ride i'll bowl, still right? take this format over any other oh rodeo. me too yeah i love i love anywhere. the way it works out it's it's so cool like su- yeah. sunday the sunday at calgary stampede is the best rodeo in my opinion like yeah. a lot of the last two years i've been to it and it's the first time i've been to it live in a lot of years and it's and been you're the best in the, in the middle of it yeah we're, yeah working it and it's i guess like, you had the last <laughs> part off but this year you're in it for the whole time aren't you yeah so it'll be have the best seat in the house for 10 days i'm pretty excited about that hope you don't burn your hand off like i did <laughs> no workplace incidents will happen hopefully Cool to see a couple new guys making their way to the uh, Stampede, though. I'm going to guess that a guy like Brendan Lay, that's his first yeah, appearance yeah. at the Stampede. Awesome. Wacy. You know, he and I were steer riders together in the in Strathmore at the finals in 2004. That was our first season there, and pretty mm-hmm. cool to see him going there. Is, yeah. I want to say, is, uh, was his dad Mark a f- former $50,000 champion? Possibly. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know that as well as you do. Check back nep- next episode or the second half. We'll remember if we if he made it or we'll look it up. I think that's one of the other things that makes it cooler like for guys like you and I with the people who are on the list. Like they're guys our age. We rodeoed true, with them. Yeah. Grew up with like, like Wacy Finkbeiner, yeah. Brock Radford. Like we grew yeah. up rodeoing with those guys and now seeing them compete at the highest level in our backyard is pretty cool to see, right? Todd Cutowitz made the cut this year and Brock's not on the list this time. He went last year, but he's not. Oh, on I thought he was not. Oh, sorry. No, nope. sorry. Even like, well, Todd, like, yeah, I've, I've known Todd, Todd since go. we were. Todd's been there before too. I last year. Now, yeah. But, yeah. But Wacey. And then I think this is Garrett Green's first time at the stampede. And then it's Zane Lambert. It's his fifth time. And mm-hmm. he's been, he's been close to winning it before. So maybe this will be Zane's year. He's always seems to be in the hunt for the, for the bull riding title there. It's pretty cool. Zane's always a threat no matter where he's at. Oh, I'm looking at the last year's list. My bad. Yeah, because Brock's, yeah, Brock's, yeah, yeah. He, I was like, no, Brock was, because he made, it, Brock made an Instagram Oops. post about it. I know, I saw that. <laughs> okay, I'm going to the a more reliable website. Instead of everything cowboy, I went to pbrcanada.com for the bull riding list. Wacy Finkbeiner, yeah, Garrett Green. It's pretty similar, but you got Brock Radford, Jared Parsonage, Parker Bredding. I don't mm-hmm. think he's been there before. Chase Doherty, how about that guy winning the hell out of the NFR last year? He's going to be a Calgary for, for the first time. Yeah. It's like like we touched back before with Marcos, like those guys getting their first chance and like it's, they, they do well during that week. It's literally life-changing for them. It's mm-hmm. it's amazing what it could do. How about a guy like Jose Vitor Leme, though? I like his story. I bet I bet Calgary being the sporting town that Calgary is, that they latch onto that story. They get behind it, yeah. Yeah. For from sure. him going from being a soccer soccer guy to go into the into the rodeo business it's pretty mm-hmm. uh well he's a wolf that guy like yeah. he's already had seven 90 point rides yeah. this season alone he's won, he's won over a million dollars just since he went into the yeah. pbr on this side of things it's similar to when like when silvano first burst onto the scene like That's he true. he won like three million in like two years he's the fastest guy to three million yeah, ever, you, yeah. i remember reading an article that the pbr put out and they broke it down his first two years in the states he was winning like one hundred and thirty thousand dollars a month riding bulls That's nuts. yeah it's insane I'd be interested to see what the numbers are for Jose. I don't think anybody's broke it down yet, though. No. I'm not a numbers guy, so don't expect it from me. That's fair. <laughs> Wacy, not good at the math. Not a numbers guy. Well, this last weekend, too, we're, we're going back to events, and this is coming out on the 8th of May. Happens to be a pretty solid day. We'll get, we'll get to that that next. <laughs> but you did your first PBR for music mm-hmm. on your own. You did your first announcing PBR on yeah, your own. didn't even die. You did well. I don't know about well, but was it? I'm, gonna, I'm not going to argue with you about this. Okay. You said I did well. I'm going to take it. I'll <laughs> yeah. take that as a compliment. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's like when you it's like when you give a girl a compliment and they're like, oh, no, I'm not. It's like, well, just take the compliment. Just say thank you. Just and say thank along. you. Yeah. Move like, along. I'm not, I'm not lying to you. <laughs> Being all, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it for you. Thank you. I don't know if anybody's gonna call again. We'll just leave it at that. Ah, they might. <laughs> they might if they're really desperate. Well, even just like your progression throughout the night, mm-hmm. you could, you could see yourself or even hear you getting more comfortable behind the mic. So there's potential. You got a high ceiling. High ceiling. Yeah, you're like a, you're like a top end announcing prospect, <laughs> first rounder for sure. You just okay. gotta tap into that potential. Okay. 
appreciate it. I'll yeah. start working. We've been working on the podcast for long enough that it kind of that's how we that's how Slim well, he wanted to hire both of us. And we yeah. kind of yeah. we kinda ended up putting where you got to do music on your own and that was probably better for yourself to do just for what's coming forward. out this summer, yeah. yeah, yeah for, what for sure. The amount of music you gotta do, it's more of a the right progression. Then we got Dustin in to help us out too and worked out really well. And it's probably better for you, like having a guy like Dustin you can kinda roll with and he's like super easy like well the weekend before I was in Watchers with him. Yeah. And that's my first solo gig like without you yeah, around. Exactly. And having him with me, it's just, it's not, he's just so easygoing. He can kind of set you up. And like, oh, yeah. He's, he's a really good guy to kind of ease into it with. Definitely. Well, and uh, yeah, so today we're at the Valley Ridge Golf Course. It's going to be home of the Canadian Cowboy Classic Charity Golf Tournament for the Canadian Pro Rodeo Sports Medicine Team. going to be June 18th here at Valley Ridge Golf Course. Entries, you can find them, canadiancowboyclassic.com. $250 for a single team member. They've got whole sponsors available. You can put a team in for $1,000. But today we are here at the golf course and our friend Curtis Robertson is going to be joining us in the next segment. Curtis is the director of golf here at Valley Ridge. He's the boss. So we're going to get the details from him on that. Talk a little golf, talk a little rodeo, bull riding. It's going to be a fun uh, episode number 38. Good morning. Got the coffees. We're hanging out at the restaurant. and It's awesome down here. It's a hell of a Monday morning. Man, and there's Valley Ridge, if you've never been, you're going to be in for a treat for the for the Canadian Cowboy Classic Golf Tournament. Now you're down here by the river, it's just, it's an awesome spot, so. There's a pond with a waterfall. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> you're listening to Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy. Live from the Valley Ridge Golf Course, we're here with Curtis Robertson, the director of golf, but we were talking about this earlier, Curtis. You said that the director of golf is actually more like a GM position. Some courses have a GM, some have a director of golf, but you're also a golf pro, too. Yes, correct. Yeah, I was I graduated my way up from being assistant pro to a head pro, and then that's kind of the final goal is to become a director of golf or general manager. Some clubs call it uh, one, call it the other, so same thing basically. Just oversee all the departments. Okay, so and with Valley Ridge here, like I don't know all the details. You said you have a CEO, you have an owner. Is that right, or there's ownership group, or how does how does it all work here? Yeah, we have a husband and wife that, that own us yeah. and then a CEO that works under them and they have more companies than just Valley Ridge Golf Course. Yeah. So he runs all their companies and that's who I report to directly. Okay. And then how does the membership stuff work where somebody's a member of the golf course? They get, they get to golf here and they get an equity stakes sort of or how does that how does that part work? Yeah, it's not true equity in the form of ownership of any of the club, yeah. but they're uh, entering an agreement with the society. We're a semi-private golf course, but we do have equity shares available as well as our new young professional membership that mm-hmm. uh, we got some new ones and a really good one sitting across the table last week. <laughs> <laughs> really, maybe just a nice member, not a very good golfer though. Oh, that's, uh, <laughs> that doesn't matter so much as long as people are enjoying the game. Not yeah. everyone is going to be uh, at the pro level, that's for sure. You golf good, Ted. Well, I've golfed with you. Thank you. You golf Thank good. Thank you. Compared to most cowboys, I guess. Compared to most people. That I know. <laughs> you golf better than most people. I don't know about that either, but. I have a question. In, uh, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Can you walk us through the steps of what it takes like, to get to where you're at, like becoming a golf pro and, or assistant golf pro, that kind of stuff like that? Yep, for sure. So myself, I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I was in high school. Came to a point I was decent at golf. I played a lot of sports growing up. And then I heard about this professional golf management course that is offered in a few places in Canada. At that time, uh, Lethbridge had it. So I applied there after I graduated. And first year I didn't get in. They say my handicap was too high. It was a five at that time. So I kept working on my game and I took a year off and 
I actually traveled to Australia, had some fun and just did some odd jobs for different people. And then after I got accepted there, it is a three-year program and you get a business diploma out of it. And then the third year specialization for golf course management. So yeah, you take all sorts of courses that are related to uh, running a facility like I am now, food and beverage courses and turf classes and, and marketing and accounting and all that sort of thing. So as I was doing that, I worked at the Water Valley Golf Course in high school on the turf care team. So I was cutting grass and doing that sort of thing. And then when I got into the college program, I got a job at the Glencoe Golf Country Club, which is a really nice facility, private, just outside of Calgary. While I was there, my first year was on turf care, and then I was moved into the pro shop and was doing a lot of club repairs the first couple years. And then it was during my time there that I got my pro card. So what's involved in that is taking a playability test. So you got to shoot a certain score in two rounds. And that time I had to be 152 or lower. And the year I did it was at Wolf Creek, uh, north of Red Deer there. So my score was 150 over the two rounds. I was 76 the first day so I had to be 75 or lower and I shot 73. I think eight of us got it that year out of about 110 people. Wow. Yeah there's a lot of good players that never do end up getting it just because of the extra pressure I guess when you're having to do it over certain days. And Wolf Creek's not easy. Were you on the old course where where everybody loses a million balls over in the (laughs) small part or what? (laughs) Yeah at that time it was 27 holes. They've since added another nine. Yeah. We're on one of the old, I believe the east and then the south, which was one of the newer ones at the time. Yeah. So yeah, definitely not a real easy track and greens are undulating and tough and yeah. So yeah, it's challenging for sure. So yeah, then after I got my pro card, I was called assistant pro. And then there's other teaching levels and that that you got to do after that so that you're able to, to teach golf. And then yeah, basically from there, I've just worked as assistant pro. I moved on to Sundry. I got my what's called class A. So there's just extra stuff you got to take to get put in that category, which means you could become a head pro. So I was working as associate pro at Sundry for three years. And then from there, I moved to Lynx Ridge. It was the first offer that I had to work year round which is a big thing when you're an assistant pro. It's hard when you're only working seven months a year trying to pick up other work in the winter. So at Lynx Ridge, I was on year round. And then uh, two and a half years into that, uh, the head pro job became available at Valley Ridge. And I was fortunate enough to get hired for that. And so I've been here since 05. Uh, first 10 or so years was the head professional. And then, yeah, been director of golf the last four or five. So so it's more than just being good at golf. I never really knew like the things that went behind. I thought you just like, oh, you're good at golf. You're the golf pro. Teach people how to golf. <laughs> yeah, there, there is a lot more involved, really, than just playing good golf, for sure. Running a business, and especially now in my role. Like I said, I'm overseeing uh, the food and beverage department, the turf care, the administration, as well as the pro shop. So, yeah, there's a lot more involved than and just the, the golf aspect of things. Well, you guys got a hell of a restaurant here too. Yes, we do. We're very fortunate the way uh, it's being run and we've got a great chef and a great team in place. So yeah, we're pretty successful. There's a lot of golf courses that lose money on their restaurants. I know that. Oh, and we do a lot of outside events with weddings and other meetings and different parties. So uh, we we operate year round. In the winter, we're just in the evenings, uh, four days a week. So we're reduced schedule but we still have year-round business so that's very helpful as well well so this tournament you guys probably don't host a ton of tournaments though do you really uh being semi-private yeah we do still rely on outside revenue yeah so we do typically a tournament week we allow monday tuesday thursdays we have the odd exception where we do other ones. Yeah. Having said that, June's fairly busy, but then July, a lot of companies don't host their corporate events with 
Especially not during Stampede in this town. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And a lot of their staff are vacationing or different things. So yeah, so yeah, we do 30 to 40 corporate tournaments in a year. So okay. quite a few. Let's talk about how this one, how the sports medicine tournament came to be here in, at Valley Ridge. Yeah, well, I actually uh, played in it a couple of years ago when it was at Woodside. And then I've known a lot of the guys uh, over the years. And Brandon told me, looked into moving it here. So I'm glad that it worked out with Caitlin who books our events. And yeah, I'm glad that we're hosting it now. And it's going to be, hopefully we get a good day. Last year, it was pretty rainy and cold. Hope That'll be the next trick is getting a good day for it. And exactly. I'm going to try and arrange <laughs> yeah. good weather for that. Yeah. We're suffering now with the snowstorm. So hopefully, so hopefully then it'll be good. next month will be all right. Exactly. I like to take credit for the days when it is good around here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, you know, a weather guy. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about your connection, though, with the sports medicine team. As far as your son, Cole, he had a major wreck in Wainwright in the year 2016. He was knocked unconscious in the steer riding. He was only like 14 or 15 years old would have been and was unconscious for three days in the hospital for 11 days the sports medicine team was there from the beginning and and still is is a support mechanism there yeah exactly i've always had an appreciation for what they do but even more so after that day so i really liked supporting their events and that type of thing so yeah cole was riding at the wainwright pro rodeo and banged heads with a cow and knocked him out yet john from the the sports med team was there in the arena as well as the other paramedics for a short time he was in the ambulance with us as well i recall that till they asked him to leave for privacy reasons but yeah yeah I do appreciate uh, what they do and the events that they go to now has increased dramatically I know for that from seeing the different stuff that you guys put out so yeah we, with the Ty Posbon Foundation in the you know spring of 2017 it's we've kind of doubled the presence between everything done with, with the foundation and the sports medicine team but let's talk about what the day is going to look like at the tournament they're starting out with a 745 pancake breakfast then we're going to have a shotgun start at 9 o'clock and walk us through the course kind of what people can expect there'll be some whole prizes likely and buckles to win the event and uh yeah it's gonna be a fun day and an awesome course here too yeah exactly we do our tournaments upright so we have from bag drop right from the time that the guests arrive they roll up and then we take their bag from their vehicle and put the tag on with their name our staff know which cart to load them onto that sort of thing and then yeah with the breakfast uh everyone will get here nice and early and warm up on the range if they want if they're serious (laughs) <laughs> but winning those prizes you were talking about. So yeah, generally uh, whole prizes consist of long drives and close to the pins and yeah. hole-in-ones. And uh, I remember when I played it a couple of years ago, there was Beat the Clown on one hole. With That's Dennis true. And, Denny the Rodeo Clown. And uh, Davy Shields. Was and it doesn't mean beat, beat the, the clown. Beat the cowboy. Beat up the clown. <laughs> yeah, like beat up the clown. <laughs> yeah. You fight him and then you have a, and bag. Then you have a <laughs> ditch fight and then, <laughs> and then drive. And then See if you can get yeah. closer. <laughs> yeah. I recall beating up that clown with uh, scoring a lot of goals on him over the last few years with oh. the muskrats. <laughs> cool. well, that's how Curtis and I connected over the last few years too, via the Madden muskrats and the Corona Coyotes. You guys arch rivals us, in the. You guys beat us down hard this winter. <laughs> yeah. Well, in your in fairness to you guys, we pulled you out of retirement. So you that's true. You hadn't had any practice between between Ted and I though. We play enough hockey that it shouldn't be an excuse. We can't take on a whole team though. Just two of us. <laughs> I can't skate that good. I can't read that good. <laughs> can't shoot very. Very good. Stuff when you go down six buzz in the first five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a slow start for you. <laughs> Scratch. Denny's we a were, bit of a sieve. We're second half team. <laughs> we, didn't we win a period? No, we didn't. That's a joke. We scored a few. You scored a my couple. Line, Did you get three? Uh, Somebody got three got, goals. No, I got one. Keenan got two. We only had three goals. And Keenan's not even that good. No. <laughs> it was that once I got moved onto their line, we were a little bit more effective. <laughs> really boosted his confidence. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so I will start, let's talk golf and, and uh, Tiger Woods winning the Masters. We were talking before about that a little bit and just kind of how 
how we could compare it to other sports, but there really is nothing to compare it to. No, it's really hard to compare because, yeah, there is a lot that Tiger's been through over the years. There's no question with the mm-hmm. marriage scan, all that. But that aside is injuries caused him to almost have to give up the game, especially at a competitive level. So, yeah, he had his back fused. So two years ago, he didn't even think he'd be playing tournament golf again. So to come from where he did to now, it's, it is remarkable. And it, it's a cool story for the game because the golfers out there nowadays on tour, they really have Tiger to thank for what the purses are. And he's changed the sport for the better. That's for sure. There's nobody we can even compare that to. Like you could say J.B. Mooney would be, you know, he probably rides with more injuries and has done a lot in the sport that way. And he, But J.B.'s won $7 million in the PBR and Tiger probably won $9 million at the Masters or what? <laughs> well, with yeah, because it'll up his endorsements again. So, yeah, yeah. He, the, the purse that he got for first was about $2 million, But yeah. Yeah, and then he gets all the other Bonuses stuff on the exactly. Yeah, so yeah. he would have an agent of sorts too, would he not? Like, yeah, would he have correct. An agent? He does have an agent that helps with lining up his events that he goes to and yeah. as well as sponsorship deals. Yeah. So what, what's he getting for sponsor deals? Like, what do you have any idea on that? No? It changed a lot with uh, when he was off there for those few so, years. So did Nike <laughs> dropped him, right? Like, didn't they Nike, drop him for a while? Gatorade. Yeah, he got dropped by everybody. Yeah, he's still wearing uh, Nike clothing that, but the deals that he used to have, yeah, I, I don't think they're in place anymore so yeah he, he had a lot over the years buick yeah yeah he's a lot of them went went away when he had his his troubles there issues, <laughs> issues. Yeah. yeah even just think about it mentally for him too like being able to come back and get like where he was to get to that level to be dialed in to like win a tournament like the masters like it's pretty amazing to think what he would have had to go through just mentally to get to that level yeah absolutely last year was a quite a year for him anyone didn't know what to expect when he came back on tour and he got himself in contention a few times and then late in the year in that one playoff FedEx event he ended up winning and so yeah it was a matter of time he had some good showings in the majors last year so it wasn't a huge surprise to some but it was still pretty cool for the game and the way he you could tell what it meant to him when he put it out on 18th green there at Augusta and then uh, embraced his family and that it was pretty cool to see for sure what makes him so much better than than other golfers what's the difference uh his mental side has always been a real good strength of his his tiger focus that people refer to it as and but also obviously he's got a quite a good golf swing over the years he's got a lot of power so yeah he kind of changed the game in that regards and there's a lot now out there that that hit it further than him but it's as you know, with golf, it's not all about who hits it the furthest. Yeah. Well, the second shot, right? You have a good second shot and really clean things up. Yeah, absolutely. We're getting yourself out of trouble. And then obviously short game is so important too. And he used to be, he always made the big putts when he had to. And you're starting to see that a bit more from him again now. What did you think of the the match between him and Phil in Vegas? Like the, it was like a skins match the whole time through, wasn't it? Or Yeah, I don't know. I heard mixed reports on those that had rented it and that, that it was kind of a waste of time. So yeah, I don't know if they'll be doing another one of those or not and it didn't go over as successful as a lot of people thought it was going to I don't think hmm. did you see there's a funny story about that I seen on Barstool on Twitter and like Jake Owen was at a wedding that Phil was at they had, I was after a few beers he went up to Phil and was like man you owe me 30 bucks for making me pay to watch that pay-per-view that terrible golf match and I guess <laughs> Phil just grabbed a hundred dollar bill out of his pocket and gave it to Jake Owen and told him to F off <laughs> 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 it's a pretty cool story <laughs> there probably is some truth in that uh, huh. From what I hear yeah. about Phil, yeah, I saw something about him driving up to the Masters. It looked pretty funny. Yeah, I never got a chance to watch that. I need to go back and find it. it looked pretty it funny. Quite entertaining. Who's the best personality in, in pro golf? Like who, who's there's say? there's a lot of good ones. Um, some are moving on to the Champions Tour. That uh, Yemen is. Uh, 
always he's quite a personality and then obviously john daly he's been <laughs> my man he's kind of been a fan favorite of a lot <laughs> yeah for different reasons over the years and and those reasons uh, would probably be because he didn't give a damn really and yeah pretty much yeah, yeah. from uh, i've read his book in the past and there's quite a few good stories in there it's a good read but hmm. yeah he's he's been through a lot and caused himself <laughs> his, his own uh, hardships along the way losing huh. sponsor deals and that with gambling and drinking and different things but oh man He'd be the closest to being like a cowboy golfer, wouldn't he? Like the closest thing to <laughs> I, what you're going to see so. on June 18th. Like <laughs> I think so, yeah. Most people would yeah. liken themselves to John Daly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. I did warn our staff already about the upcoming tournament <laughs> that we usually uh, dress code with no blue jeans and that. And it's I said, not going to work. We're obviously okay. waving that. 75, 75% of the people coming are going to be wearing 75% blue jeans. 75% denim. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Did you, you, did you, have you ordered the extra Bud Light yet? <laughs> not yet, but we'll be, yeah. we'll be prepared. Make sure that's on hand. Yeah. 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 You're going to need about 900% more Bud Light for June 18th than a normal day. Mm-hmm. That's, oh, that's good. Especially if it's hot. Yeah, we can arrange warm. that. We're going to have yeah. hot weather as well. But yeah, typically our dress code's in effect, except for during Stampede. Yeah. That's when we allow denim and uh, yeah. and uh, different things. But yeah, I've already warned the staff that <laughs> they're probably like classic. There'll probably be a team with like denim polos like, and they'll just be homemade. They just cut off the sleeves. Cut the sleeves of the Wrangler. Yeah. Long sleeve shirt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's all good. We should do that, actually. Now you mentioned it. Maybe we it. will. We have a lot of denim at the house. It's quite we a could, bit. We could make it happen. You can even make denim shorts. Just hack off some I'll do it. jeans. <laughs> That'd be awesome. It's a good look. What's the craziest thing you've seen, you've seen happen at a golf course? <laughs> or at this golf course? Well, like, what kind of predicament? No, we gotta give, we got to get free reign of every, everywhere you've worked <laughs> where it's fair. the craziest thing you've seen on a golf yeah. course. <laughs> uh, that's a tough one. But I know from my first few years here, we used to host the Kayleys or Cowboys golf tournament. Which? And the Kayleys or Cowboys, Cowboys, they referred to it to different things over the years. But yeah. That one uh, was a little out of hand at mm-hmm. times. They would have the the girls hired to come caddy, and oh. the clothing got skimpier and skimpier. <laughs> and I've been reading Lonesome Dove. I want, are they the sporting girls, or <laughs> uh, they were? They, they were supposed to be in caddies, but they didn't wear much for clothing. And oh wow, the homeowners like, didn't wear much for clothing. Didn't know much about golf. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh man, it, it was more the homeowners that didn't like it or the members that were around for the day that would see it. So oh, man. I always had to deal with the phone calls and that wasn't a lot of fun. We end up having to put more rules in place each year. Oh, and then finally they just stopped having their tournament. So <laughs> unfortunately. That's too bad. <laughs> yeah. That's a risk you take when you live by a golf course. Sometimes you yeah. get crazy. Yeah. I the could... problem was there was some of the girls would uh, hop fences and get on trampolines and. Uh, oh, that's too far. Not be wearing. Uh, yeah. Really you can't. Yeah. You can't by then. So yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. I could just see well. an old lady that lives by the golf course. Oh my God. And her kids on the porch and she has to like cover the kid's eyes. Cause yeah. yeah. You can't see this. Oh my, I'm calling the golf <laughs> yeah. course right Oh, the humanity. And I think the <laughs> fact that their husbands were outside all day mowing the lawn. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I'm just going to go back out in the back for a bit. Yeah. 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 Got, some yard, got some yard work to do. Oh, dear. Oh, I thought you were going to talk. That's I like that story, but there's. I thought you were going to talk about like somebody taking, <laughs> sending it off of a, with a golf cart and taking it off a jump or something and mucking ourselves out. Yeah. Luckily, I haven't witnessed really any of that, but we've had it happen, um, especially yeah. here. We got one, our one hole 17 that you're familiar with that mm-hmm. we put speed bumps in there uh, about... <laughs> 
five, six years ago because we were getting a rollover to a year. So we had to <laughs> had to put some safety measures in yeah. place and touch wood. Yeah. We really haven't had the incident since. But, yeah, unfortunately, we'd had an ambulance here a couple times. And oh, geez. Yeah, punctured lung and holy crap, road rash. Usually when stuff like that happens, though, it's they're doing it to themselves. If, yeah. you, if you're doing wild stuff on a golf cart, it's... Yeah, there's often alcohol involved for sure when it's mm-hmm. uh, cases like that. Safe bet. Yeah. But yeah, we unfortunately do have the odd card incident or even last year we had a couple get hit with golf balls. One of our members got took one on the top of the head from a different hole. So Ouch. stuff like Jeez. that unfortunately can happen. Hmm. Yeah. And that's like somebody didn't say four or they just got dinged really bad or like what the heck? Yeah, sometimes they yell four and because of wind or different reasons, they don't always hear it. And yeah, it's unfortunate when it happens because it can be pretty scary. Yeah. Yeah. You can get hit. That that hurt pretty bad. Those things are given like going pretty fast, right? I'll say, especially if it's on the fly. Holy crap. Wait, so you haven't seen the 17th hole yet. And Curtis, one of your guys told me something that's kind of dangerous now too. He said those carts will go faster in neutral than if they're in gear. So... Ooh. Might know a trick around that one now. Yeah, we were hoping that people don't find out that little <laughs> tidbit, but it is it is a true story. <laughs> Shouldn't have told me that. <laughs> well, but it's it's actually. I mean, I don't know. I'm not too bad on the golf no, cart, I'm but easy. like, but the 17th hole, like, it's a lot. Like, we take a cart in the back because it's kind of a long ways to walk. Even going up, like, going up 11, it's a huge hill over there, and yeah, and you got to come right back down it. My one of my favorite things about golfing is driving the golf cart. So yeah, I don't usually don't walk. Wacy might not be invited to this course, to this, to this tournament. I'm respect- I'll be hand. respectful. They're fun to drive, though. That's, That's all true. we ask is people being respectful, not damaging things. What are some of the rules about golf that most people might not know? Ooh, that's a tough one. Yeah? There were some rule changes this past year for anyone that watches uh, golf on TV. They've been talking about it quite a bit. But the biggest one that people don't know, I don't know, it, maybe with lost balls. Yeah. Lots of times it'll just go drop one where they think it in the vicinity of where I went in, which mm-hmm. by the rules of golf isn't allowed. But some of the new rule changes have are meant just to, for the speed of play and the enjoyment of the game, which I think is, is great because the bottom line is not everyone's going to be great at golf, but as long as you're having fun, it's a, it's a great sport in that regard. And all ages can do it from, mm-hmm. from four or five years old up till you're in your 90s for some people, so yeah. it's, it's great that way. So what are you supposed to do when your ball goes in the wood? Because I I've kind of know this. I've heard of this thing happening before. Yeah, well, if it's just a normal area where it's out of bounds or trees, it's you re-tee or re-hit from where you hit your previous one. Oh, so you start right over again, basically. Yeah. And you start on your third shot then. Yeah, that's correct, yeah. And then if it's staked red or something for lateral water hazard, you can go up to the point of entry. So hmm. there are different rules and... Uh, the rule book's quite thick, so it's hmm. it can be complicated for the average golfer not knowing. And even if you're watching any golf on TV, a lot of the tour players don't even know all the rules inside out. They call over yeah. rules officials to make sure they got it right. And huh. so yeah, it's it's very it's quite complicated, really. And on the range, one of the things I read in Harvey Pennock's book was that you're actually supposed to start on the range with your with your like seven iron and work around that rather than just hitting your driver and wearing yourself out driver isn't really the most important club although everybody thinks that they just want to get out there and smack a few dingers out to the 300 yard line (laughs) exactly a lot of people just like to hit it far but that's a very valid point because i was teaching some beginners last week and i was saying the exact same thing 
that when you get to the range, you should start with a more lofted club, even like a pitching wedge or a nine, I'd recommend over a seven iron, start and get the ball airborne. And that just helps build confidence versus rushing to the ones that are generally harder to hit. So like a four iron or like the driver you mentioned, people usually struggle more with those longer clubs. So rushing to them when you're not warmed up can just mentally beat you down and then you're just going to go worse from there. Hmm. So the other day when I just went out and just went and played around, it probably should have like stretched or something or like none just instead of just going for like just cold after six months just go hit one and yeah it's play. usually recommended it trying to hit the range for a few balls at least or or if not stretching is uh very important for sure yeah huh so because golf the golf swing is actually one of the most athletic things like one of the more athletic things a person does we don't people don't really realize it but the amount of twisting and turning and the core strength like it's not it's not a, just a leisurely thing as some folks might think no that's right there's a lot of muscles involved with the golf swing with the weight transfer and the turning and the stretching that goes on so yeah it's a uh, fairly complicated when you break it down we got to talk about some of the cowboys that are good golfers like kyle rock davy shields jr like you said you were mentioning davy and we we kind of got messed up we were talking about denny the rodeo clown there but <laughs> but davy was you he was the pro that people had to beat actually like is he actually a pro too or how does he fit he's in? a good player yeah i actually remember back in high school going to zones i was on the, the golf team in cremona where i went to school and i remember playing in his group at zones and but yeah, I think that day at the tournament, they had a competition, beat the Cowboy. He would have been picked just because he is such a good golfer. He yeah. play, plays uh, quite a bit, uh, what I hear, and I know he's a low-digit handicapper. And Kyle Rock's another one, too. Yeah, Kyle, I've played a fair amount of golf with him over the years. He actually went to a pro-am with me one time down in Phoenix, and he plays Alberta golf tour events, and he loves the game. I know that. A uh, good player as well. So some Cowboys, they have some time on their hands. They can get pretty good at golf, is what you're saying. So we'd have a chance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think uh, golf is a game where if you're athletic and other sports, whether it's rodeo or, or whatever, it just helps. I think people pick it up a little quicker when, you're, when you have that athleticism. Makes sense. We got to ask before we're done here, we got a few minutes left, but what's your, uh, what is your definition of cowboy shit? Oh, that's a tough one. I think not just rodeo stuff, but whether it's farming, ranching, just the everyday stuff that cowboys do. And I think it has to do with, I think of toughness and uh, maybe some beer drinking along the way. <laughs> <laughs> It's a tough definition, that's for sure. Got to ask you more about golf. What do people got to do to get better? I want to talk about that a little bit. Like, what's the best way to get better at golf, or what? If people don't know, what do they? Where do they start? Like, what? Even even me, I don't even know what my handicap is. I got to like do something else to record it somewhere, and then I don't, I don't actually know what to do. Basically, with the handicap thing, members of our club will put you in our what is called our handicap system with Golf Canada, and it just tracks your scores and then it assigns a number based on kind of how much over par you are. Yeah, as like an a lot. average, like thirty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, usually max is out at 36 for men and 40 for women. But as far as getting better at the game, yeah, lots of times it helps to have some instruction uh, from a golf professional. Just taking a series of lessons and it's not just all about driving. There's uh, short game lessons are also very important. Once you start playing more, you appreciate that the short game can be where you can gain or lose a lot of strokes between chipping, pitching, and the putting. Because, yeah, with golf, again, like other sports, though, if you're practicing the wrong things, then you're not going to get any better. So you have to get on the right track before you can apply it and practice, practice, practice. 
What do guys need to know about playing here at Valley Ridge coming up on uh, June 18th? Uh, I think they should hone a few of their skills because uh, it's not the easiest <laughs> course. We get a little water. We got the Bow River that runs alongside us on some of the holes. We have a fair amount of sand and we got trees. So as far as golf courses go, I'd say ours is one of the more challenging ones. And like you said, it's uh, it's kind of one of the, it, you kind of don't feel like you're in the city when you're here. Yeah, that's right. We got a pretty cool piece of property here down along the river. And yeah, it is almost like we're the city, but we're really only 15, 20 minutes from downtown. So it works well when we're hosting events. And, and for our members, we have a lot that live in the northwest Calgary, but also uh, other areas too. So yeah, it's a pretty cool piece of property here. I want to ask what your biggest pet peeve on the golf course is. <laughs> well, that's oh. a good one. That's a good question too. Pace of play is one thing that well, I, I hear about the complaints when it does get slow. So pace of play is a big one for me. And you don't always have to be a good golfer to be a fast golfer. So sometimes it's the better golfers that are slow reading putts from too many angles or taking it to the next level when it's it's not that important. So that's probably one of my pet peeves is just pace of play around the golf course. Because hmm. what happens is you get a slow group and then it, everyone behind for the day gets affected. And once on a busy day, once it's slow, you can't catch up from that. So mm-hmm. You get a lot of complaints. What do you like most about being a golf pro here, though? Uh, I've always been a people person, so I really enjoyed that. I really enjoy what I do, and you meet a lot of cool people, just like through the rodeo world. There's a lot of good people involved in the game of golf, and between staff and members, and I've been at a few clubs, like I mentioned earlier, over the years, and Everywhere you go, you build good relationships and you still see some of those people where you go and whether it's former pros that I've worked with or some of the members, you retain these relationships. So it's pretty cool. Talk about your trips this winter. You went to Vietnam at one point. You were in Hawaii, I believe. There's a lot of cool travel with golf too. And we can, you know, we can play anywhere in the world. Yeah, that's true. I've uh, had some good opportunities because of golf. I played some, a lot of courses now that uh, have PGA Tour events. Torrey Pines in San Diego and Kapalua in Hawaii and Bay Hill in Orlando, one of my faves as well. But yeah, I had a couple cool trips this past winter. November, fellow from Unique Golf Vacations, took to eight golf pros on a trip to the Philippines. We were scouting out golf courses and hotels and that for to put future member trips together. So that was really neat. And then we did a member trip in January to Vietnam and there was eight of us in total that went and we played eight rounds of golf. We were there 17 nights and oh, it was remarkable. It's two places I would have never thought to go, mm-hmm. but I, I'm sure happy I got to. And golf was great. The people were great. The food was great and weather. They were really good trips. Awesome. One more question. Who is the <laughs> coolest person you've ever got to golf with? Or- oh, yeah. Or most famous. Probably Ted Stoven. No. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> oh, I actually uh, got to play with three of the Flames all ago. Matthew Kachuk was one of them, and uh, Troy Brower and Matt Barkowski. That was pretty neat uh, playing with them. We had a little money game on the go, and they're uh, good golfers themselves, that's for sure. So yeah, I would say it was those guys. And then wasn't there a tournament? I saw a picture of Gretzky here too. I'm an Oilers fan, so oh, I noticed yes. that. What was, the, what was that about? <laughs> yeah, that was the Wayne Gretzky and Friends event that Valley Ridge hosted in 2004, so it was a year prior to me coming here. So oh. yeah, that was a pro-am with uh, Mike Weir and Ian Leggett and Joe McGinla. Oh, cool. So, yeah, it would have been a cool thing to be part of as well. Heck, yeah. Well, thanks again, Curtis. We appreciate you having us here this morning, and we're looking forward to June 18th back at the club. Yes, thank you, guys. You're listening to Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wasey, brought to you by Everything Cowboy. Happy birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was recording. We were on for that. That's fine. Yeah, so it's my birthday today. If you're listening to the podcast on May 8th. Ted's birth month. 
I'm 29 forever now. So 29 years on this earth. Yeah. What <laughs> is the one piece of advice you would give to your 18-year-old self? Ooh. When I was 18, I was in a few places. That was the year that I broke my collarbone in the spring and missed a bunch of the high school rodeos. And I think I came back early to go to the finals and then I broke it again at college in the fall and stuff and just kind of had a tough year injury-wise. Probably hit my head a few times too. Who knows? But I don't know what I would say for that year. For I mean, just just like if you go know. to your younger self looking back, or what's one piece of advice you would want to give yourself looking back? This is hard, Wacy. You're really stumping me right now. It's a good question. <clears throat> it is a good question. One piece of advice, though, I'd probably just say to not spend as much money on dumb shit. <laughs> That'd be a, probably a good starting point. Start saving money earlier, maybe. But I mean, a, I did some fun shit too, so it's okay, I guess. But I don't know. Maybe I would like do school different, or but no, it was fun, and I'm. I don't know. I'm pretty content with. It's hard to at. say you would want to change anything because you wouldn't. Everything yeah. you've done up to this point has got you to where you're at. Yeah, I'm pretty content. I so guess. The, I'm gonna flip the question around. So you turn 30 next year. Yeah. What is a thing you want to accomplish before you get to 30? 30? Hmm. I want to golf better. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Something I want to accomplish before I'm 30? Yeah. Is there anything left on your list of things that you, because you've accomplished a lot. Like if you look back on it and as well, I've known you over the years, like there's a lot, you've done a lot more than a lot of people have done to well, this point in their life. One, one thing I wanted to do was to have a full-time employee of everything cowboy incorporated. So with doing the sound stuff with yourself, with getting you going on a few things, that was one thing I wanted to accomplish and kind of build, build a real business. So with the sound, with the sound business and getting you on the road with those speakers and and that kind of thing. That was, that's been a goal. And then what else would I say? Just kind of balance is always something to kind of, you know, mm-hmm. stay fit and to spend enough time with people and get off the phone. Work-life and, balance. Yeah. That balance that yeah. way, but very important. Yeah. I, would, I don't know what advice I'd give. I just say probably, you know, go back and keep doing what you want to do. Mm-hmm. That's, that's probably the biggest thing is to not be scared to go and do those things and take the chance and go after it. I guess that's, mm-hmm. I've kind of had that, I, that, but maybe saying that before would be a better way to install it to, you know, reassure know yourself that I, a little bit. Yeah, right. Like, cause I've kind of went for it to go and do some of this stuff and mm-hmm. take the time to build the website. And, you know, it's been, you know, it's been almost 10 years by the time 30 rolls around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. I like it. Thanks again to Curtis for being on the show, though, today. <laughs> Thanks for hosting us here at the Valley Ridge Golf it's a beautiful Course. Beautiful place. Canadian Cowboy Golf Classic is going to be June 18th here at the golf course. Make sure to register at Canadian Cowboy Classic. For a good cause. Yeah, for the Canadian Pro Rodeo Sports Medicine team. Thanks to their sponsors, Veda Capital, ATB Financial. Hopefully, everybody can get entered and come mm-hmm. out. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be a fun day. Like, oh, yeah. Always a fun day. No matter what kind of golf tournament it is, you know it's going to be a fun time. Oh, exactly. And especially like getting a group of cowboys together at a beautiful golf course mm-hmm. for a good cause. It's going to be. And a, a good steak, too, after. Love steak a good steak. I heard there's steaks. Is that is this true? Yeah, there's steak. Steak and Bud Light, perfect combination. Exactly. <laughs> what else you got for this show, Ace? We're episode 38. We're already rolling in here. It's uh, it's May. The Monster Energy Tour is in full swing. Uh, last by the time this airs, we will have been to Quebec already for the third time, and we're going to London this weekend, May 10th. Then we go to Moncton. We're and then you and I are in between Grand Prairie, Halifax, and where else are we? Wildwood. You're in Wildwood. Wildwood, Rocky. Then Rocky's a week after that. We can go to Moose Jaw, and then we got a week off maybe. And then Sean's in Flair. Then we got High River, Airdrie, Airdrie Medicine Hat on the 22nd, Ranchman's PBR, Stampede. It's go time. It We're is rolling. go time. Spring yeah. has arrived. Spring has We're arrived. We're going to be rolling. On our next show is going to be with Scott Hardy, part of the TCA, the Traditional Cowboy Arts Association. Scott's one of the finest silversmiths in the whole world. He'll be uh, our guest of the next show. He did your watch. Yeah, the pocket watch. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's amazing how people can do that stuff with their hands. I can't even imagine. <laughs> I can't even just like... Like put that together in my head. It's, it's like art. this is so fine and so good. Like if it's I even art. thought about doing that, well, it's probably like golf. 
you just do a little bit and you learn it and you have a teacher and then you take a lesson. Yeah, that's true. That's part of what the TCA is doing is, is teaching those next generation of the art Western artesian folks. Artsy guys. Mm -hmm. Artsy arts. So we're going to go be at Scott's shop doing a live. Oh really? We're going to check it out. I'm going to take you there. Cool. You might have to drive, but. It's in Longview? Yeah. Oh, sweet. At his house. Yeah. We can go to the Twin the Twin City Saloon after. Maybe. It's my favorite establishment. It's going to be a Monday at noon. There's no karaoke at that point yet, but. They got a hell of a steak sandwich. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's mm-hmm. so good. That's good news. I yeah. like that. So we've got a lot to look forward to. Episode number 39 is on the way, coming up later on in May. And later on in May, down by the bay, we'll have some hay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Thanks to Kyla for recording or for editing our shows. For doing what you do. Appreciate all your hard work. We'll be seeing you next time. This was episode 38 of Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wasey, brought to you by Everything Cowboy.